April 4, 2020. It's a lot from Pedro's show.
Bob from Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. Uh, still in Quentin Quarantino mode. So, Brother Matt, three miles south of Love Grotto on Pleasure Point. But I'm not man alone here because of the incredible engineers in Estonia with their Skype software. <laughs> <laughs> You can hear my guess right there. You're in Toronto, right, Marco? Yes, in Toronto, Canada. Welcome aboard. Now, you're Thank a little you. different. Usually I have a musician as guest, and we talk about the musical journey, but you're more of a cinema man. So, yeah, I am. But that's okay. Uh, I don't, yeah, okay. I, I, but you could say I'm, I'm also, I, have, I do have a band, and I, I do play bass, so you could say te technically I'm a musician as well. But um, And I know a lot of your cinema work is, regarding music also yeah yes of course yeah. um, so but what i mean fan, is so yeah what i mean is uh usually a uh where i have guests on and we uh, talk about the musical journey and uh yeah. even though you've had it too and you're still doing it and you're playing bass which much respect for me for that but mm -hmm. uh what's your earliest movie memory Oh, um, I think, you know, uh, let's, I, maybe I, I could, I would say the, the films that have influenced me the most, you know, growing up, usually, you know, in your, in your teen years, uh, that stay with you forever, I would say for me were definitely, I remember seeing, uh, Blue Velvet in the cinema. And, uh, I think that for me was probably the film that has stayed with me the most, and maybe I was like 16, 17 at the time, or even younger. So, uh, yeah, I feel like that one. And uh, I'm a big fan of um, Derek Jarman's films. Hence, uh, I use a lot of Super 8 in, in, my, in my film as well. And, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say, you know, yeah, David Lynch for sure was my big influence as well. Well, not so much and, influence. I, I... I mean, what what do you remember first got you interested? You were sixteen. Yeah. Before that, you weren't uh, that interested in movies, or, or or not just interested, but wanting to make them. I never. Yeah, I never. I I want to. You know, I I, I remember even from. I would. I could even say. Even before that, as growing up, uh, you know, when my f I would go on family vacations, I was the one who always had the video camera, you know, the VHS on me, and was always documenting everything. Ah, when and, did you um, get this camera? Um, I remember, like in '82, maybe '82, '83. I was in uh, Florida. My, I'm originally from Rome, Italy. My parents moved to Florida, and I remember, you know, when VHS just for cameras came out. Uh, I remember always wanting to use it and film everything that was happening. So I started filming family vacations. And um, I remember also having a Super 8 camera. And just it was just, you know, it's often you can't really explain where it comes from. But I just felt this need uh, to document. And I guess that's in the end why I kept that throughout my life. You know, well, how did you get these? Uh, go, how, how did you get the devices? Was, was it present? Parents? Yeah, I, yeah. My parents uh, would have bought it for so, for the so family. Did you ask? Yeah. 
did you ask? Did you? Is it like Christmas time where you make the list? <laughs> no, I, 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 I probably would have gone with them together. Maybe I can't remember if I had asked for it, but I was always into technology and video. So yeah, I'm sure I probably would have asked for it. And uh, and then you know then do you have even soon in your after. Family? Do you have people in your family that do this kind of stuff? No, no one. Okay. Um, no one at all. Well, you would be surprised how many people who do music have music parents. And there's a lot who don't yeah. either, you know, but that's why I ask. Okay, so yeah. what, what about school? Did you, was there, uh, going way back to grade school, so what, what part um, of Florida? Well, I went to, in Miami, actually. Miami, uh, my, south. my mom's American, yeah, and uh, my dad's Italian. We ended up moving there in early 80s uh, I actually and then I, ca- I stayed there and I ended up going to University of Miami and I right away I kind of I knew I wanted to go to film school so I started doing you know uh, films there and short films using but, but, Super but I'm, 8. I'm, I'm curious even before like in grade school was there film stuff? Um, no no but yeah, I, I yeah. think that's not, what not I thought not that, because I didn't have it early, yeah, <laughs> not, not as not that early and I always kind of wanted to be in a band, really, <laughs> but I was always... Oh, okay, music. Well, what about photography? I, I remember in junior high school uh, here in San yeah. Pedro High, uh, uh, Dotson and San Pedro High, there was photography classes, but they were still... Yes, and, and actually, yeah, I was always really interested in photography as well. I, I, I kind of at the same time, I was kind of... I, 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 I probably my yeah I started doing photography first. I had a Pentax K1000, and you know I took photo classes uh, and and was kind of always because I think I had a you know some people just stay with photography, but I just wanted I really loved the moving image, so yeah, yeah. I kind of then switched from photography to to video. When, when did that happen? When you got that camera? When you got that VHS camera? Yeah, I believe. Um, Probably around eighty-five, just before I was heading into university. Okay, and uh, yeah. oh, I forgot to say what we started the show off with—the music, uh, off minor from John Coltrane, the Thelonious Monk. The nine months he served with between the Miles Davis shifts, he served, and uh, then a, a tune you picked but from the Swans. And Michael just made it. Yes, Larry just told me Michael made it. A, they both made a new uh, Swans record, and this is called Screenshot. <laughs> great, great tune. You know, Michael actually is from from the hill here, San Pedro. Yeah, we're, we're the harbor, and then there's this hill called Palos Verdes. Yeah, yeah I, actually, I, I know he went I to Europe to as a, as a boy and stuff. I, I I saw your documentary. That's very 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 good, very interesting. Oh, great! Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. let's get back 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 to your story here, though. Uh, so the VHS, you start, so, so at first your idea is documentary or do you want to uh, um, write scripts and tell, I know you got into editing, right? So you got into like kind of the nuts and bolts of the stuff. Yes. I mean, I basically, um, you know, I, I kind of, I knew I wanted to, you know, it's making a film seems such a almost uh, an un, unreachable idea or goal, but so I kind of, um, you know, after university, I was just, I kind of got, got into editing, uh, more as, um, just as a, really as a job, but I always had an eye toward, uh, music and, um, wanted to get my first sort of films were music videos, really. 
So I started, um, like I started doing each. music. Um, I started doing, you mean, uh, what, what music videos? Yeah. When I think of music video, I think of, uh, MTV and like one song for one video. Yeah, yeah, like little music videos. I had connections with this uh, Italian um, electronic band um, called Pankow. They were on um, wax tracks. And I remember when I was like 19 or so, I I shot a video and just asked them kind of, I did put their music to it. And that was really my, sort of my first video uh, when I was in university. It was a black and white uh, video, you know, film music video that, that I shot all on Super 8. And, um, and so I started, you know, yeah, I started doing just for myself. I mean, just comp very low budget, no budget, really just, you know, just shooting a few rolls of super eight and editing <laughs> myself. Um, I ended up shooting a music video for the wedding present, um, this British band who are pretty well known. And, uh, no, back when I was, when in I, was Firehose, I played some gigs with uh, wedding present. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah like were, late, uh, late 80s, early 90s, I think. Yeah, I loved, I, I was a huge fan. And one year they had a competition where they, they were asking, they did a, a single for every month and they asked, uh, put out a call for amateur filmmakers, um, you know, to, yeah, a contest to see who would, would could do a music video for them very low budget and I got I got chosen to be one of the guys so <laughs> I uh, ended up doing a, you know a music video on Super 8 for them back in I think it was 1990 okay and and then uh, yeah I just you know I did uh, several music videos for Italian bands when I when I moved back to Italy in the early nine, eight, 90s um, I was doing I did about half a dozen music videos there and um, and then when I moved to Toronto in 96, I, I started, I kept doing, you know, just music, small music videos. But by then I was already starting to edit professionally and um, kind of just, yeah, just was mainly, mainly an editor until I just needed the right project really to be, have the confidence. I needed time to have the guests to, to have the confidence to, to know that I could make a documentary and in the end when I, you know, I mean, um, yeah, once, once I knew I, the Swan story could be the story I wanted to tell, uh, I knew I was, I felt like I was the one I was ready for, you know, to make the film, mm -hmm. but that took many years. Yeah, I, I can, I can believe that. You know, you, you, you sent me a bunch of music, so we're going to play, uh, we love you, Michael Gera, by Ben Frost. Okay.
Pedro show, yeah, we heard, we love you, Michael Guerra, Ben Frost, and uh, who is Ben, by the way, Marco? Oh, he's um, he's this really amazing uh, electronic sort of a 
sound, I would say, art artist. He, he records for Mute Records now, huh. and he's, uh, he's from Iceland. And uh, he, uh, this song in particular, you know, I, I I always knew he had this song called "We Love You, Michael Ojira," who's mm. the singer, you know, the, the Swans. And right. and uh, in the film, I, I I've interviewed I interviewed Ben for the film because he does have a connection with Swans. He's actually. He was actually going to play in the upcoming tour uh, of Swans. And he's been kind of like me. He was a fan um, of Swans and then ended up working with with um, with Michael. And he had this song, which was just a, like an arbitrary title, but he was explaining to me how by naming it, it was just, you know, it's very, if you, when, when you, you have heard the, the track, it's uh, just very ambient and uh, kind of uh, just yeah like electronic and so there's no words or anything but it's just giving the name dad in the hope that someone might say oh who's uh, Michael Girai and you know then you discover you kind of ping it forward you discover someone through someone else and I quite like that um, and so yeah I chose that he's a really excellent. Uh, a musician, artist, uh, definitely check it out um, if you can. John Coltrane uh, named a lot of songs after people, and there's no words. I think the only ah, one with words is uh, the ballads things with Johnny Hartman. But uh, yeah, Mr. PC, Paul Chambers, and it's got a big bass part, you know. Music's pretty flexible. Know. Yeah, you can be flexible. But titles, you're, you're exactly right. It, it gives it a focus, a point of reference. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about yeah. that. Yeah. In fact, a film, right? Like the Swans documentary. Yes. How did you pick that title? Because you know what I mean? When somebody first gets presented, that's very important. That's carrying a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was actually the title. Um, I had suggested a few titles to, to Michael. I had some working titles, but it was actually Michael that suggested that the, the name, um, Where Does a Body End?, mm-hmm. And which is actually it's, it's a, which is a song title from one of the Swans albums from 1995, "The Great Annihilator," and I thought it was just a, a beautiful um, a title, the very fitting for the, the film. Also, and at the beginning, he gives a little spiel on you know where do we end, when do we begin? Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah right. And Mike was often um, you know questioning everything, you know, and yeah, our critical, existence. Critical why, why are we alive? So yeah, I, I thought that was a nice to frame it in that in the film with this question because Swan's music is often a lot about you know the, these themes of existence and existentialism and. And so I wanted to make a film that wasn't just a traditional music doc. You know, there's more, more twists, more to it. And of course, Michael is is an artist that has lived his life through his music. So I wanted to dig deeper than not just a you know very uh, traditional music doc. Yeah, yeah, you're like typical or uh, yeah. I understand. He uh, it's a lot about persona. I think that was the whole idea of the movement, you know, in a way because things yeah. were getting too much generic. Uh, we also heard yeah. Gareth uh, Sager, you know, we're in hunker down mode, so he's got a piano there in the pad. And he's just playing away. He did uh, Ornette Coleman's Turnaround, then Wild Rats pulling the putt. This is something from 23 years ago, people. Uh, it's finally coming out uh, with Ron Ashton and Thirst and. 
Steve Shelley uh-huh. was on the drums. It was the soundtrack for uh, Velvet Goldmine. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That, uh, Todd Haynes made. And uh, I think they ended up using only one of the songs. But we we recorded over at Alan's worth of stuff. So that stuff's coming out now. The Wild Rats, and spelled funny. W-Y-L-D-E-R-A-T-T-T-Z. And that's not my fault, people. And they gave me a nickname <laughs> in the studio, too. I mean, this first time where I'm, I'm actually playing with Ron Ashton, he's sitting right across from me. And here's uh-huh. the guy who wrote TVI. Playing TVI in my face. Total mind blow. Wow. And probably had something to do with the uh, uh, coming back together. Because Ronnie and Ig didn't talk for 29 years. Jay Maskus had a lot to do with it, too. Then we had, uh, from Oxford, Lucy Lucy Lee, Have a Dream. Bilch Pump Out of Leeds, both England. Tommy's out. And then finally, Why Are We Alive? Talk about existentialism, right? From the Swans, Michael. And uh, Larry, you know, Larry Mullins was part of this new recording. He really likes this new thing. And yeah. I think he was going to be part of the touring. I think yes. Michael got the whole a new whole new band together. And I think it's actually the tour was going to have different shifts of different musicians. Yeah, it was um, it was originally it was the first part was was going to be uh, with with Ben Frost, which uh, would have I was really looking forward to hearing because Ben is, you know, not a traditional Sort of just he would he would add a lot of electronics and textures to the to the sound uh, to the live sound and uh, and then I think after the first part Ben would drop out and Larry Mullins would, would join who, who I've also seen uh, back in the mid '90s when he, he he did a tour with Swans in '95 and uh, I love Larry's playing as well. Yeah, he's a great cat. And, and you know, last week I had Thor Harris on the show, and I know he oh, served oh. some time. How, how long did it take to make the 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 doc? Uh, I started. I think I started interviewing people back in 2014. I, um, you know, I, I had previously uh, since Swans had reformed in 2010. The first thing I immediately knew I wanted to document as much as I could of the band. And I had met uh, Michael before every time he would pass through Toronto with Angels of Light over the years. And we'd formed a friendship. And and I asked him if I could first, if I could go tag along and film shows for them. And I, I amassed enough footage where so that I could uh, basically put together these sort of concert films. And uh, so after a few years of doing that, I just um, and witnessing just the the power of uh, of Swans live, um, I just knew I wanted to kind of tell tell the whole story and just uh, doc, you know of of the band because there was really nothing had been made of Swans. Uh, and uh, there wasn't much even on YouTube. There was nothing really documenting a band that had such influence on so many people and, uh, and other bands. So I asked Michael my idea. And, yeah, I think, you know, he trusted me enough to just let me ha- have a go. And uh, and so then I started calling people. And I was, to my surprise, so many people just immediately said yes and I was kind of off and running. I would go to New York and interview. Uh, I think the first people I interviewed were uh, Jim Thurwell of uh, Fetus and Lee Ronaldo, Thurston Moore. Um, 
Yeah, I had a lot of people that that said yes uh, to to me, so I was really grateful. <laughs> well, I know Lee and Thirst. You know the Sonics; they were kind of yeah. Sonic Youth, <laughs> I should say, not the Sonics from Oregon, but the Sonic Youth yeah. uh, and Swans were kind of together for a little bit there in the early '80s. Yeah. And that was, um, yeah, part of the, the, the film deals with uh, the beginning of Swans, which was in very connected with uh, Sonic Youth. And uh, not everyone knows this. And, um, you know, we're just starting out as friends. And uh, even though their trajectories kind of went separate ways. Um, they, they, I really shared the, they shared with, practice pads, right? Yeah, they, they, were, they would uh, rehearse all in uh, Michael's apartment. That's right. It was actually as bad with the fucking paintings with the guys of the big consoles. Yeah, the bunker, right? The bunker, yeah, yeah. The bunker. We're at the end of this first hour, April fourth, twenty twenty. Just want Peter show. Hold tight for hour two. April fourth, twenty twenty. It's the second hour of the lot for Pedro show.
Spider Baby. Uh, this guy I love. Kid Congo and the Pink Monkey Birds. Uh, Kid Congo. Uh, great cat. You know, he, he goes back, uh, way back in the L.A. SoCal punk scene. I think he ran, actually ran the Ramones fan club when he was a teenager. And I, I just I just love him. I got to, last time I got to play with him was in, uh, right near Disneyland in Orange County. Kiki, he had Kiki on bass and just Great band, man. I love love these cats. And then oh, Vivale wow. with uh, Boomer Revo- Remover. That's that's Vivale singing. Now, he was actually in the first six-man version of Blue Cheer until they saw Cream, and then Dickie kicked everybody out so they could be a power trio. Tallum after that with uh, The Last. Uh, Cosmo Scheiss at a Hamburg with You're Too Loud. You are too loud. Sorry. Wasted Space. That's Crane and Dirt and People. From the hill, actually, where Michael from. Uh, Pier Avenue, which I think is Hermosa, right? That's where Meteor, that's where Minutemen record their first record. Black Flag, Nervous Breakdown, Spotsky. Mm. And then finally, the Dresden Dolls Girl Acronism with Anachronism. Why, why'd you pick that song there, Marco? Because uh, th- that, t- that has um, Amanda Palmer in it. Was, uh, ah, in she's the in the dock with the swans, yeah. Yeah, and she's in the, my film, and uh, so I, I just chose that. And uh, just like her and um, and Kid Congo, uh, I was uh, yeah really grateful that they they I was able to interview them. A lot of a lot of the interviews um, would you know or maybe half of them when when someone would you know come to Toronto for for touring, I would try and hook up with them in town, and that's what I did with Kid Congo and Amanda Palmer. You know, often I would just have like an hour or so with them just 
because of their busy schedule. I interviewed Kid Congo just before his uh, show in Toronto, uh, like in, it must have been like 2016. And uh, it was apart from just being such an amazing show that I loved, he was so one of the nicest people. Again, like you, you end up meeting the, your, you know, I wouldn't say idols, but people that you grew up seeing and listening to their music. And then, you know, you just meet them and they're just incredibly, yes, incredibly generous and, and kind, you know, like giving you your time, their time. And, uh, yeah, I loved, uh, interviewing, interviewing Kit Congo and Amanda Palmer. And so, so I'm curious, so many... Marco, you, what you had, a, you had a list of people you wanted to get to, or it was be just the opportunity. Whoa, kids in town, Amanda's in town, or did you have a list of people before, or did Michael give you a list? I would, um, it was kind of a combination, you know, obviously maybe, maybe 25 made it into the film and I also had, but the rest I have, like I have, um, Blu-ray or DVD and DVD coming out later this year. And I put together like two hours of bonus material, bonus scenes. So it'll be, you know, the, quite comprehensive. The Spiels <laughs> um, that didn't make the movie will be in that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And here's one of the and, guys right here. I'm going to play uh, Thurston.
Lot from Pedro Show. Uh, Thurston DeMar with uh, Turn On. And then we had Jerk Graham with Looking Up Into the Dawn. Psycha, this band from the early 70s, they only did one gig. They made one record. <laughs> They're right out of <laughs> high school. It's a funny, I think they printed 50 records. <laughs> but uh, th this is them doing King Crimson. Uh, Lark's Tongue in Aspect Park 2. I mean, if you're in Prague, it's, I just think it's hilarious. I mean, the movement was kind of for the people like me and D. Boone and Georgie just finding out about it. But this stuff always existed in the 60s. I found this uh, by working with the Stooges. There was always garage bands and little labels. And uh, just arena rock uh, kind of clouded that over. So the movement was about refining that stuff. And finally, Sonic Youth with Teresa's Sound World. And... Uh, yeah, you know, to hear Thirst, I mean, Thirst kind of laughing at some of these antics, you know, Michael <laughs> spitting on himself and, and playing yeah. so hard, working so hard that he's, his eyeballs are bugging out. Yeah. <laughs> but, but with Lee, it's a little different. You could tell Lee, it's interesting the take of the two guitar players on the Swans. Because they uh -huh. both, I think, yeah, they both uh, understood the artistic important, but... Uh, yeah, Thirst is a little more into the persona, and uh, Lee kind of more into the art, the art, which kind of fits their yeah. personalities. And, th and that's why I thought it was really good about the stuff you asked or had these guys say, because yeah. I don't know exactly how you conduct the interviews. But uh, you brought out stuff that really gave good perspective and dimension. Yeah, and you know there was um, there's one scene that I had to I had to take out. Uh, I have in the bonus scenes uh, that um, talks about Thurston talks about their friendship, and um, you know they they became friends uh, mainly again through Thurston's love of music. They would meet up and play you know forty fives, and um, one of the um, I think one of the bands that they kind of bonded over was the germs uh, that Michael loved uh, the germs and uh, so did uh, thirst. And I think they, there was this uh, single caught in my eye and they were um, often go see punk shows, matinee shows like black flag in New York or together. And, uh, so I, I love that it's, you know, they had this friendship, you know, like forget, uh, kind of even with the bands, but it was this friendship they had from the beginning that I tried to capture even when they, you know, uh, in 2017 when they played together in, in London and they hadn't seen each other in a while. I mean, they did have a falling out for several years, but I, I you know, that was part of the film was, you know, about, about uh, their friendship as well, not just the bands. Well, one thing that you did keep in the film was Thirst talking about his first fanzine, Killer. And he puts Michael oh, yeah. in the first issue. Yeah. The cover. <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a sign of you know, real friendship. Were you aware? I wanted to ask you about, about Michael at all before in LA, before he moved well, I, well, to. What was it called? The, the, the Cripples or the Strict The Cripples, yeah. Yeah, he had a band that played the other mask. Not, not too yeah, long. It was only. I don't remember their name exactly, but they played some gigs, and then he went to New York City, and then. But I yeah. learned more about them because Kim and Thirst would invite me to. Well, this is when they lived Christie and Elridge around there, 
in the Chinatown uh-huh. now. And I would just go there for a few days. They let me stay there, and I could explore New York City. And that's how I, I would find out about them. And uh, uh-huh. okay. who was the guy, uh, the filmmaker? Oh, Richard Kern. Richard yes. Kern. He lived upstairs from them. And uh, all these kind of artistic people that were also involved with the movement, kind of. Okay. And it was much different than here in SoCal. You know, yeah. In a, yeah, because over there in uh, New York City, people are closer, you know, we're, we're all spread mm-hmm. out here. You meet people at the gig, yes. maybe, but you don't really like live close right. to them. So much different kind of thing. So that's why I found out a lot about them. And uh, uh-huh. I, I, re- I remember seeing those guys. I, I'm pretty sure it was the other mask on Santa Monica Boulevard where I saw them. And he was I... he was quite a distinctive yeah, <laughs> uh, what do you, what do you, you know, but in the old days, a lot of people were, you know, there wasn't really the uh, Xerox punk yet. You didn't have the cookie cutter thing. Right. Yeah. The back of the circle jerk record that everybody copied, you know, that was still like you made it on your own. And Michael, God, he didn't have yeah. an outfit at all. I think he, he had no shirt on, just pants and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, really caught up in his important. It's trippy that Hank didn't want to say anything. I know Hank's a big Nick Cave fan, but you could tell. Uh, well, maybe not, because, uh-huh. you know, Ig's a big influence on those guys, too. It would have been good if you could have got Ig. I, I, I don't think I've yeah. ever talked about Swans with Ig, but Ig's aware of all kinds of shit. Yeah, he knows- he's, you know, he's, uh, I tried to go get him through his manager, but, you know, it's so hard to get um, someone like him and... Also, with my budget, I had a very limited budget, you know. But yeah, I know he would. He he plays Swans. He plays Swans uh, on his radio show, and yeah, yeah, and and um, of course, Michael's a huge Stooges fan, and uh, yeah, it would have been that's that's one of the people I would have liked to have gotten as well. uh, Jim Jarmusch, I really tried to get because he was. I know he's a big fan, and he, he the he actually played with one of the uh, guys from Circus Mort. They had a another band uh, back in the early '80s, so there's a connection there. Wow! <laughs> so, um, it's a very small. But he was world. cutting. Yeah, <laughs> he was editing his new film, so I couldn't. I just he didn't have time for an interview. Really nice man. He's way into Stooges too. I know that. He talked to me twice yeah. about that. We're at the end of the second hour, April 4, twenty twenty. Hold tight for hour three. April 4, 2020. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. Yeah. 
my delight crowds of insects spotlight on friends visions in the dreaming but bug fleck night no end to streetlight shadow careful around the globe of light bat saint flutter peak of dark night twirl around and flash my delight bat saint streetlight arc of madness flashed on sight darting in and out of my vision dripping through the night to swoop away like focused chaos all directed around the light Bad Saint Streetlight in the night, all right. Well, it hits you like a freight train, like any 
from Pedro Show. We started off the third hour with Einstein and about doing three thoughts. And then Joe Brewer, Jack Brewer's cousin, out of Madison with Bat Saint Streetlight. Mario DeSandro, out of battle. I just moved to SoCal and lost his job. It's terrible. But we're going to get through this, people. And then finally, Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds with Jubilee Street, live. And maybe Blixer was in the Bad Is he in this version of the Bad Seeds? Um, no, I think, you know, he, he left um, okay. in the uh, When the I was 90s. helping Porno for Pyros in 96, I think it was, in a big day out in Australia. I got to, uh-huh. yeah, be with them guys. I know Marty. Marty's still with them, and he was with them in those days. Yeah. Great yeah, yeah. And, and Nick, and, too, was a great, always very kind to me. Blix a little distant. Oh. But Blix is kind of uh, very interesting in the documentary. Yeah, he is, uh, he's, he's also, um, you know, has a, a connection with Michael. I think they have a lot of respect for each other. And I was lucky again to um, that he he you know he did the interview mainly out of respect for for Michael and everything you know he's done and yeah so I've always been a bit intimidated by Blixa so that was the one interview I didn't do I couldn't fly to Berlin just for one interview so I had someone do it for me but um, yeah he adds a lot to it even and uh, but I, and it's I did want to mention that, yeah I'm. I also, I kind of, there's a connection with you as well in Desolation Center, which are the shows that Neubaden were part of, and so were the Minutemen. Um, Not and, the same uh, one, right? They, they were different. Uh, they were years, different a couple years, years apart, yeah. but yeah, the same but, trip, yeah. But uh, I, I did, I, I saw Desolation Center last year in uh, Chicago, and I loved it. I loved uh, your your um yeah presence in in it as well and i I got to meet Stuart sweezy in chicago because the both films were playing as part of the chicago underground film festival Ah. and uh, so yeah it was a great experience the films played uh, one day after the other and uh yeah i loved the scene just being you know just witnessing that era in l.a was uh, really, really fascinating. You know, Stuart was really, uh, you know, here's the guy who's putting on gigs in clubs, and let's try to put on gigs in different places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like that, you know? And uh, and that's the way the movement was, you know? Think of something and then try to make it happen. But I also love, no, I mean, it, it, came, it showed how, it sort of came about just as a frustration, desperation to get out of the, uh, the city because uh, the cops were so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, God. brutal and, and against uh, this, this, yeah, shows and bands. Yeah, they were a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Always a nightmare. Uh, but, uh, but, but the idea of him trying to make these unique events, I mean, that was kind of a different trip. I think the club thing was really important for us because... People that are like 13 years old in 1970. All we knew is arena rock. We didn't know about mm-hmm. clubs. Yeah, so there's this, there's this... Rock and roll is club music. It started there, you know, maybe it'll change now with all this disease and stuff. But the arena rock thing didn't come until the 70s. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a weird kind of thing, you know. And uh, Stuart, and, and Stuart's a great idea too. Uh, the idea that 
there's different ways to be part of the expression. You know, not all of yeah. us have to play bass. You know? Yeah. Of course, yeah. I want the more bass players, the, the better, of course, but I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm a little biased. <laughs> but 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 in, in the real world, it's all kinds of people, especially your endeavor. Think about making a movie. What a collaborative collaborative effort. Even even your documentary here, like you had to have somebody do Blix's interview in Berlin. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, it was. I really admired. Uh, I loved uh, Stuart's film, and and even the, the everything he put into the you know just making these shows happen. I mean, to me, with my film, I it was a struggle. A lot of times where, you know, I had um, I was, you know, no be, being a shooter and an editor as well. Uh, I was able to, to do a lot of uh, most of it all on my own. You know, I would just fly with my camera and lights and just do the interviews just because I could, you know, and, 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 uh, just, so I just kind of pushed along like that. I would film the shows. Of course I had to help, um, a lot of help, you know, with the audio and the graphics and everything. It's, yeah, it's a collaborative effort and everyone's just kind of doing it for the, for the love. It's really a labor of love in, in the end. Um, and as you know, most, things that I think are true and honest are our labor, labor of loves. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I felt like a lot like I was in the film, Michael talks about just persevering a, a lot, just being forced to go push forward, even in the face of failure. And, and, uh, I, I felt like that sometimes just trying to finish the film and, uh, it wasn't easy, but I'm glad I, I got it finished. I mean, I'm, and uh, it's been playing around the world um, over the last year, and uh, it's gotten a lot of really good reactions uh, from people. I'm glad you finished it too, Marco. L let's play Jim Fetus here.
Why I'm the shit with no ass wipes. You wanna buy a dream? I got them half price. So much cash, gotta tie the rubber bands twice. I know you heard around the town, I'm the man, right? And I can make a couple grand on a bad night. See, I might wear the same clothes I wore from last night. But coach live a lavish life. Money hungry appetite. Hustle till I'm satisfied. The money's so heavy, make my pants sag. I'm on fire through the wire. Fill a backdraft. I'm full fledged with it. I don't have facts. I never finish last. See, I be getting it fast. See, I be getting that cash. Nigga, I'm banked up. I'm throwing drank up. You throwing games up. But with the cash shit, nigga, keep staying stuck. Keep staying broke, nigga. Keep taking the bus.
going to show last music for this edition. Fetus with Butterfly Potion. Uh, Die J. Rags with the top. Moldoman Al Balmart with a well-tuned tornado live. <laughs> and then uh, finally, Blank Mass with the rat. Uh, what's next, Marco? Oh, um, I'm, I've got a, another project that I'm sort of in the beginning stages of uh, making, you know, producing and starting up. Uh, it's um, another music documentary. I've kind of got the, the bug now. I want to do another one, but definitely not as, you know, on a, such a massive scale. It's actually a band, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, called Rima Rima. Oh, yeah, of uh, course. Yeah, but old days. They, they, sorry? I, I remember them, yeah, maybe late 70s, early 80s. They, yeah, they had one 12 inch on 4AD. That's uh, right, that's right. And, and, um, it was, I always, you know, I was a big 4D fan growing up and um, just was very fa- curious and fascinated by this band that had only put out this one EP. And um, then, you know, subsequently their songs just uh, were covered by This Mortal Coil and then even more surprisingly by Big Black. And so I was like, what's going on? Who is this band? And, um, you know, I discovered that, uh, you know, there were members of bands that went on to have you know pretty well success, successful careers like Wolfgang Press and uh, Renegade Soundwave, Psychic TV, and um, they have a really interesting story. And um, yeah, so I just want to kind of uh, explore that sort of uh, late seventies, early eighties period, um, which was very interesting. Just, it was very interesting period. Yeah, yeah. So I've already done some interviews when I was in London, and I was already planning to go back and do more interviews before <laughs> the whole world uh, yeah. shut down. Yeah. It, you know, we're, we're going to learn from this. So when it happens again, we're going to be better prepared, hopefully. Yeah. Because it is going to happen again. You know what I mean? Bugs are bugs. <laughs> these motherfuckers. Yeah. These, these, I mean, they infect bacteria. They infect everything. <laughs> anyway, um, where can people find you? <laughs> Marco, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, the, the film has a website, uh, where does the body end.com. There's news about the film on there and I'm yeah on Instagram or Facebook. Just my, you, you don't my have name. a Marco, you don't have a Marco Parcia uh, website. No, I don't. I, you're going to get one though, I right? Just, you're going to get one, especially for the yeah, Marima doc. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have a new one, but think, think I, of I, having I was, a fanzine. It's like having your own fanzine. <laughs> There's no filter. Nobody can tell you what to write, right? It's your website. You put whatever you want there. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I, I, you know, I just. I I don't mean to be evangelical about it, but. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't maybe, um, I was, yeah, I wasn't ready for just my own website. Yeah, but I, I, I will have to get one soon. And then you can put your flyers on those other telephone poles. There's no problem. Yeah. But you gotta have, you gotta have the home base, you know? You gotta have. Exactly, yeah. Casa. It's yeah. been a big honor for me to have you on, Marco. Will you c- come back on when you get done with this Rima Rima and we'll talk about it? Oh, yeah, that would be great. Thank you so much, Mike. Beautiful. Yeah, it was great to Beautiful. speak to you. And, uh, you know, it's kind of rare for me to have film things, but in a way, expression is expression. Your ears or your eyeballs, and they kind of mix together anyway, and you're a bass player, you know. Yes, yeah. Uh, there was uh, There's a quote uh, from... Um, Nietzsche that I want to use in my in my uh, upcoming doc that uh, it, it basically set goes life without music is a mistake ah righteous 
And so that's the basis of. I like that. I like that. He said a lot of things, yeah. and you know, they usually strike home. That one for me, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, very beautiful. Keep on keeping on, Marco. Truly. Thank you. Thank okay. you so much, Mike. Okay, people. It's been an April 4, 2020 Dishwap Pedro show. Keep your powder dry.